the reality is nobody invented these leadership principles. That the leadership principles just exist. They just are. It's almost just like inalienable rights. I mean, they just exist, and they're there for our discovery. They're there for our taking, and they're there for our discovery if you're willing to do that. Because you see, leadership is so easy to understand. It's almost embarrassingly simple to understand, but it's difficult to put into play because of the courage, the authenticity, and the vulnerability that's required in each and every one of us if we're going to be effective leaders. Welcome to Star of the Dow. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining us today is Kamanzi Constable from KamanziConstable.com. Hey, Kamanzi. Habariyakla, Jared. I'm happy and excited and just thrilled to be here. Is that Swahili? It is, that it is Swahili. I've used this okay, before. Good. You got to get up to date on Swahili, brother. It's, it's not my first rodeo. And then also joining us is Joshua Coburn. He's the radio host of Manners and Motivation. He's also making kindness a way of life over at joshuacoburn.com. Hey, Josh. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great to have you. And then, of course, our guest today, the person that we are all excited to talk to, that's Richard Ryerson. He's the host of the Dose of Leadership and Courageous Leadership podcast. That's plural. There's two shows. He recently launched the new Becoming a Leader course. He is a father of four daughters. He's a husband, a leadership trainer, a coach, a speaker, and a pilot. Happy belated birthday to you, Richard. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. I'm excited to be Very exciting. Wow, got a little buzz there. Was that you in an airplane there, Richard? Yeah, it wasn't me. I don't know what. All right. Fair enough. So, so Richard, you may know this, somewhat familiar with Star of the Doubts. We ask this question to everyone on the show. What is the best concert that you have ever been to? Oh, the best concert, 1983, 1983, no, yeah, 1983, November 83, the Diver Down Tour for uh, Van Halen. <laughs> Did they sing Panama? No, it hasn't. It wasn't released yet. It wasn't released yet. Oh, Showing my young age. (laughs) (laughs) With David Lee Roth. Yeah, that was probably the best Van Halen concert I went to. And I've been to 12 since then, but uh, that was my best one. Was Ain't Talking About Love out at that point? Of course it was, yeah, and Unchained. Okay, that makes me proud. Hey, hey Richard, do you want to know what my favorite concert is? Sure. Oh, no. No, we're not going to get into that. We've already talked about that a lot. Richard, no, you, you may as well. Richard, do you feel special having like all of us interview you? Because this is a Star of the Doubts first. Yeah, it's a little it intimidating. Is. I'm kind of nervous, actually. I don't know what to expect. Hey, <laughs> we roll out the red carpet for you, Richard. <laughs> hey, let's roll into blank versus blank. And Kamanzi, if you'd kick us off. Richard, we're going to go with military terms. Semper Fi versus Anchors Away. Oh, Semper Fi. Are you kidding me? It's the Marine Corps birthday today, too, by the way. I don't know when this will air, but this is November 10th is the, the Marine Corps birthday. That's right. I'm a Navy man, Richard, so I hope we can still be friends. Sorry to hear that, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) former Navy man. Get him off the show. (laughs) Yeah, this is starting out great. (laughs) Joshua, save us. Uh, So would you rather go for a drive with Bean versus taking pictures of isolated thunderstorms while piloting an airplane at 28,000 feet? Oh, my God. Would I rather go drive with Bean, my daughter? Is Is that what the question was? Drive with Bean or take pictures? Yep. Oh, I'd rather drive with my daughter, of course. Good call. All right. Let's roll into finish this sentence. We're going to give you the beginning of a sentence, and then if you'd be willing to complete it, the first one is, if you ever visit Wichita, Kansas. If you ever visit Wichita, Kansas, you need to go visit the first Pizza Hut on the campus of Wichita State. That's where the Pizza Hut was first started. Pizza Hut started here. It's a center. Of, it's a great entrepreneurship city. And uh, a lot of people didn't know Pizza Hut was here, but the actual building itself is on the campus of Wichita State. It's a great uh, little hidden gem. Wow, good. I didn't know that. Did any of you know that? I did not know that. 
Wow. No, but I'm, I'm all about travel and food, so that's definitely a good stop. All right. I'm all about the food as long as it doesn't have meat. I became a vegetarian this year. And Jared is trying a little bit of that, right, Jared? Well, not the buffalo tofu that you sent me. <laughs> I think that's a, a Richard Ryerson approved meal, but not for me. Uh, Richard, let's get back to finish his sentence. My favorite paraphrase Theodore Roosevelt quote is. Oh, my favorite paraphrase the quote. It's the one where. Oh, my God. Come on, Richard. <laughs> you got this. Oh, gosh. No pressure. Favorite one. My favorite one. All right. We won't. I'll put it in the show notes, Richard. Let's keep going. Go ahead, Josh. So uh, since you launched in the Becoming a Leader course, why are you so passionate about the topic of leadership? Oh, well, I think, you know, the whole idea of, of leadership, again, it really stems from the fact of an epic failure, at least on the personal front. You know, I got out of the, the Marine Corps where I got hired by American Airlines. I got out in June of 2001 and I really loved my time in the Marine Corps. I spent 10 years there. But when I got hired by American, I thought I had my dream job and went through all the training and finished my training on September 8, 2001. Had a couple days off. I was living in Wichita, based in Dallas. And September 11th was my first official day where I had to report by noon to Dallas. So I caught a flight as an employee, deadhead employee on the morning of September 11th. And when we landed, that's when they closed the airspace down and walked into the airport. And that's when I realized, you know, everything was still didn't put it together. I saw the terminals, the TV screens and all the flights were coming up, canceled, 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 literally as I was watching them. And everybody was around a small TV screen at TGI Fridays. And I said, what happened? They said a plane hit the World Trade Center. And I still wouldn't put the two together because it was just so unfathomable that I thought it was a small Cessna that hit it. And uh, went upstairs in between the time that I left TGI Fridays and got to the observation center for American, the second plane had hit. And that's when it all kind of came crashing down and hit us that this was a terrorist attack. Well, anyway, long story short, that's entered my foray into the corporate arena. And I learned how much the Marine Corps taught me about leadership from that point on, because I didn't realize how much of that culture was infused in me until I was out in the business world. And I started seeing a lot of, you know, lack of common sense leadership. And so that really started it. But what happened probably five, six years after that, there was always this hunger, this burning desire to do something more. It was hard to replace kind of that feeling when you're in the Marine Corps, it's easy because you're part of something bigger than yourself and it's easy to wrap your arms around it. And so I was very successful in the business world and rapid success, again, a tribute to a lot of stuff I learned in the Marine Corps, but I was really missing the boat on the personal front and I was really ignoring the real challenges at home with my marriage and with my kids. And that led to me being served divorce papers, rightfully so, about eight years ago. And that really started the process of me like, hey, hold on a second. If I'm you know, going to fix this, leadership is central to every aspect and all aspects of your life. And so for me, it was more of a kind of a splat moment and realizing, hey, you know, I could talk a good game about leadership, but I wasn't being and I was very successful in the corporate arena, but I wasn't being the same guy at work that I was at home, if that makes any sense. And so for me, I really became passionate about it, understanding that it's central to everything that you do. And first and foremost, you got to fix yourself first or you got to focus on yourself first and then your family, and then everything else will kind of fall into place. So that's my long-winded answer of why I'm so passionate about leadership. Perfect. Richard, you you mentioned uh, the Marine Corps. You were a Marine Corps officer. So how important was that experience in defining your leadership style? It was very important. In fact, any modicum of success that I've had up to this point, I can directly attribute it, most of it anyway, to what I learned in the Marine Corps. 
I mean, it's very important. Like I said, I didn't realize how important it was until I got away from it. And again, I just kind of assumed that a lot of the culture that I was around kind of played out well in a multi-million dollar business. Now, some businesses it does, but for what my experience, it was completely different. You know, this whole idea, and it's not necessarily anything against the businesses or the people that work there. It's just that they didn't know. And the Marine Corps was instrumental in teaching me some basic precepts that have helped my success. More importantly, probably, you know, decision-making with partial information or, you know, living in an environment or creating an environment where it's better to ask for forgiveness and permission and all of those things that, you know, to deal with chaos, a chaotic environment, all that I learned in the Marine Corps. And it's applied well on the leadership front, on the entrepreneurship front, and also on the relationship front, because let's face it, life is chaos. You don't have to be in combat, but I mean, I don't care what you do if you're making bird feeders or wind chimes or you're running your own business or whatever you're doing, it's chaotic. And the more that you can get comfortable with that chaos, the comfortable with that fear, comfortable with that uncertainty, and be the calming presence inside of that, the more successful you're going to be. And so that's why that element of the Marine Corps has been so important, so critical towards uh, any success that I've had up to this point. So Richard, can you elaborate on the four C's of leadership? Yeah. One of the things that, in fact, I just gave a presentation this morning about this exact topic. And you know, a lot of times when I look at leadership, or at least in in my early stages of my Marine Corps career, and I got off the bus at Officer Candidate School, and I was learning to go through that kind of trial by fire, one of the drill instructors was yelling in my face and saying, boy, you better get some command presence because you have none. And when I heard that word command presence, and I hear it was a heavy term, and in my mind, what I was thinking was, yeah, I've got to be this larger than life character. I got to be very charismatic. I got to be six foot four, booming voice, square jaw, walk into a room and people are going to, you know, be so attracted, follow me to the gates of hell. Well, I'm none of those things. And what I learned over time and through the Marine Corps is that it's not about being charismatic. Instead, it's a lifelong pursuit of what I call the four C's. And it's all about becoming more calm, becoming more confident, being more consistent, and most importantly, being courageous in every aspect of your life, 24-7, 365. And if you think about those four C's, if you think about those four areas, I mean, those are four areas that all of us, regardless of what God gave us for talents, because I can't help that I'm about six foot four, or have a square jaw or a deep booming voice or look like John Wayne. I can't do anything about that. But I can focus on learning how to be more calm, more confident, more consistent, more courageous. And if I'm intentional about that, a lifelong pursuit, by the way, not something that I do just one day. It's something I do day after day after day after day. And I start focusing on that. So many great things can happen, and that's really the essence and the beginning of establishing a solid leadership foundation and culture within yourself that will emanate to other people just by being around you. And and because it releases that kind of discipline of studying those four C's kind of releases the fear, the, the limiting doubts, the uncertainty in yourself. And then just by unconsciously, people are going to see that that gives them the freedom to do the same, if that makes sense. And so that's why I'm so passionate about those four C's. And if you notice, it's not about trying to learn how to be charismatic. And I think a lot of people keep themselves out of a leadership role or they erroneously get into a leadership role thinking you've got to be this larger than life figure. And it's just not the case. And history has shown that time and time again, there's all types of styles of leadership and you don't have to be a cookie cutter charismatic, you know, egocentric leader to be involved in leadership. In fact, I would argue that those are some of the worst leaders in the bunch. Well, Richard, you definitely sound calm and confident on this interview. And like John Wayne. Oh, I? I've been working on that. I mean, I kind of said I don't work on it, but in my private time, I do try to mimic John Wayne when I can. Well done. Yeah, well done. I'll echo that. You mentioned 
really all types of leadership, but what's one of the most overlooked aspects of leadership in your opinion? You know, there's so many myths about leadership thinking, you know, kind of equating management and leadership and uh, thinking that uh, if you're in the front, you're definitely a leader. I mean, there's all kinds, but I think probably the biggest one uh, is this idea that leaders have to have all the answers. They have to, you know, be the be all, know all. And you see this a lot and a lot of leaders and they miss the boat and they're afraid to admit mistakes. They're afraid to say they don't know. And you see a lot of leaders, you know, messing up and having some epic fails because they figure they have in their mind's eye that they can't be the one that doesn't have the answers. They can't make a mistake. And for me, I think the biggest liberating moment in my leadership career to this date has been when I finally accepted and just stopped caring about being wrong. I mean, nobody likes to make mistakes. But the moment that I stopped worrying about being wrong, that's when my leadership transformation went into a different level. And that's what I try to teach people and talk to people the most about. It's like, stop worrying about being wrong because that is the ultimate in confidence, really, is when you're not afraid of making the mistakes. No one likes to make them. But if you can embrace the mistakes and with a smile on your face and understand that this is not necessarily a failure, it's just a setback. It's a great learning opportunity. Nothing of significance in this lifetime has ever been um, met with a perfect linear series of plans and actions perfectly executed. I think we bought into this myth that if we're going to launch a business or launch a project or do anything, that we have to lay out this well-executed plan and not make any mistakes. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. It's the biggest myth. And it's right up there, kind of a sister of understanding that leaders have to have all the answers. There's nothing more, and you think about in your own experiences, and if you've been in an organization or a crisis situation, and if the leader can stand up there confidently, say, hey, I don't have all the answers, I need your help, you know, not in a desperate way, but in a confident way, that's very inspiring and because it's authentic. And I think, you know, people can see through when people are faking it and they're trying to kind of bluff their way through it. I think it's extremely empowering if people can show their vulnerability about, hey, this is a serious situation. I don't know how we're going to get through it. I don't have the answers, but I just know that we're going to get through it. I mean, to me, it's coupling this idea that you're okay of admitting you don't have the answers. And you couple that with this belief that I think all leaders need to have is suspending the belief on how something's going to get done. You just know that it's going to get done. And I think that is such a powerful combination. I think if more leaders understood that, number one, they would be in a much better position to lead people through difficult situations. You talked about the overlooked aspects of leadership. You also talk about misconceptions of leadership. So what do you think is the biggest misconception of leadership? Well, again, I think that there's so many, but I think that you have to have probably the biggest one is that you have to have a position of the title to lead, that you have to again, have the corner office, you got to pay your dues that every opportunity, every interaction with another human being is no matter what your position, no matter what your tile is a perfect opportunity for leadership and growth, whether it's with your spouse, with your kids, with your coworkers, with your fellow citizens, with uh, the cashier at Walmart. I mean, whatever the case may be, every interaction you have with another human being is an excellent opportunity for leadership development and growth. And when you become aware of that, you set yourself apart from everybody else. And when I say set yourself apart, not a competitive sense, but in a sense that no matter what your position or title, you have the ability to influence far beyond what you believe you can. You know, I think that 
this whole idea of influencing people, we think we have to be in this position on the front of the stage. And the reality is 99% of all leadership development happens from the middle and below. And it's individuals kind of, again, stepping up and being courageous and doing the right thing, regardless of what they're feeling, regardless of what the law, the regulation, the process says. It's always doing the right thing. You know, there's we are just faced with inordinate amount of opportunities to lead and so I think that's the biggest misconception is that you have to be in the position to lead to affect change. So Richard, what is so unique about your online course and your membership site? Let's say Jared, Josh, and I, you know, we're all passionate about leadership. We're thinking about going for a course and membership site. Why would we want to join yours? Well, I think the thing that's always kind of frustrated me about the whole kind of leadership development arena, if you will, I mean, it's usually tailored towards, it's either tailored towards you know, it's business. I mean, if you look at all of these kind of management theory in business and it's just very dry, there's a lot of theory involved. There's a lot of academia involved. And again, nothing against all those professionals that have applied that. And then the, the other part on the other extreme, it tends to be almost too self-helpy, if that makes any sense. I don't know if that's a word, self-helpy, but I think it's more along those lines of, you know, how do I get more in touch with myself? And, you know, it's kind of almost a spirituality yoga-esque type and that's all good and well too, but it just wasn't me. And I, I was just looking for something where people could come together and join and apply some common sense application of leadership. Because the reality is nobody invented these leadership principles. That The leadership principles just exist. They just are. It's almost just like inalienable rights. I mean, they just exist. And they're there for our discovery. They're there for our taking. And they're there for our discovery if you're willing to do that. Because, you see, leadership is so easy to understand. It's almost embarrassingly simple to understand. But it's difficult to put into play and it's because of the courage, the authenticity and the vulnerability that's required in each and every one of us if we're going to be effective leaders. And so what I wanted to do is provide a place that didn't break the bank. Someone could come in and start becoming a part of a community that not only could you get some short segments again in my videos that I have on my site, you know, 10 to 13 minutes long, easy to digest. And it's also just not me standing in front of a video screen you know, talking. So, and it's not just one PowerPoint slide after another. It's a, you know, I use VideoScribe, which I think is a great tool for anybody who's want to do presentations out there. There's a lot of dynamic action to them and it grabs your attention, but they're easy to digest. Again, that's kind of the uniqueness piece of it. But again, I just wanted to create something that was affordable for everybody. And it wasn't just for people in leadership roles. It's again, it's for the stay-at-home mom. It's for the executive who's looking to up his game. There's something there for everybody. And that's what makes it unique. As it should be, Richard. What was that? As, as it should be? As it should be. That's a Jared Easley line. I think Kamanzi's mocking me. Oh, but no. uh, <laughs> I'm interested in that tool that you use, Richard. What was the video or the uh, presentation tool you said? It's called VideoScribe. It's really cool. I mean, it's almost like you have, and you've seen, you know, examples where people can, you know, like a hand comes up and draws something. And so it's very powerful and it's kind of pays a month as you go. It's a great tool. It's by Sparkle, S-P-A-R-K-O-L. And I don't have an affiliate with these guys. So, I mean, this right. is something that I use, but it's called VideoScribe. And I think it's like 35 bucks a month. And it's like an unlimited whiteboard is what it is. And where you can move, it's just like an infinite whiteboard and you can zoom in, zoom out, go back to it. You know, hands can come up and draw or words can fly in, whatever you want to do. And it's just a, a really unique tool. So this and is like a like a Camtasia or a ScreenFlow, something like that? Kind of. It's kind of like, a, again, it's my narration over it, but then the video comes in and, and like the words can come in and graphics can be drawn and you can move things around. And 
it's just very cool. It's different. It doesn't break the bank either for all the entrepreneurs out there trying to create something. It's, it looks like a professional graphic design company created your stuff, but it's just you and 35 bucks a month and you're sweating, toil and tears to create it. One of the resources you've used to create your leadership. Yeah, course. videos. Yeah. And it, Outstanding. It's, it, there's nobody else really has anything out there like it, I don't think. I would agree. It's super clean too. I've been through a few of these and yours was great, clean, and, and the video scribe worked out really well. It's pretty awesome. I agree. Yeah. Thank you. So tell me, if you could invite five people to the ultimate dinner party for one night, live or dead, who would they be? Well, I think, and I asked people this similar question. I think that I have to go back. My parents have gone away and so many things have changed since then. So I definitely would have them come back, my mom and dad in particular. I think I would bring my grandfather back because I just have a slight memory of him. So it'd be cool to talk to him and learn a little bit more about our family, things I don't know that nobody can answer for me right now. So I think that's on the family side. I think from a leadership side, I'd have to have one of the founding fathers or even, you know, it's a debate, I guess a toss up between Lincoln and who's not a founding father, but I mean, he's a president that I would love, but I think I would skip Lincoln. I might go to like someone like John Adams or, yeah, I think I would invite John Adams just to kind of talk to him about what it was like back then. And just because their minds are so phenomenally just their ideas. I love that. And I think the last one would probably be Ernest Shackleton. I don't know if you guys know who he is or not, but he was uh, an explorer back in the early 1900s. In fact, he did a uh, transarctic expedition from 1914, 1917. And it was three years is because his crew, the Endurance, they went down to Antarctica and the ice flows surrounded their ship and they couldn't move. And so they stayed pretty much immobile from Christmas until like March till it started melting again and it crushed their ship and they got in these little lifeboats and they basically long story short is that it took a couple of years until they all got rescued again. And it's just this harrowing adventure and everybody lived, nobody died. And they attribute it to the leadership of Ernest Shackleton, who just was this phenomenal leader that kept everybody together. And it's an amazing story. If everybody wants to read it, it's about the ship was called the Endurance. There's a lot of books out there about Ernest Shackleton and the Endurance, but it's just hard to believe story. That just amazed me. And it really, I heard, I saw that early on in, uh, when I was really getting passionate about leadership in college. And, and that really just, no one has kind of matched his kind of leadership ability, in, in my opinion. So those would be the five. Richard, I've read Endurance and you're right. I read that this past year, actually. So your timing of bringing that up is very interesting. That was one of the better books I've read in a long time. It is absolutely incredible. So I definitely recommend that to anybody who's out there. Hey, um, as we start to wrap up, Richard, who is doing something that interests you? Oh, my gosh. There's so many of them out there. I think, oh, my gosh. You know, this is kind of off the beaten path. I mean, I love podcasts, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people out here and the people listening to your show, Jared, and of course, you being the podcast guru that you are, I came across this podcast and for so long, I've been kind of focused on, you know, business, entrepreneurship, marketing, leadership, all that kind of space. But I came across one that's not even in that realm. And I just absolutely love it. And I reached out to him and I just love what he's doing. It's called the Carson Podcast. Carson as in Johnny Carson. Mm. And it's this guy and uh, God, his name, it's escaped me. I should know his name. Maybe I'll look it up here real quick. But he is a guy that he used to work, I think, on The Daily Show. And he's just kind of a guy behind the scenes. And just like Jared, you can relate to this. You know, someone, he decided, you know what? I love Johnny Carson. I grew up with Johnny Carson. I love all of it. 
And he just went out on a limb and created a podcast and he's interviewing all the people who've been associated with him. And he's interviewed, I mean, everybody that we know. I mean, some of the producers that never get interviewed. I mean, he's interviewed some of the old producers, some of the old comedians, you know, Rich Little, Bob Saget, all these people that have been affected by Don Rickles and people that have been affected by Johnny Carson. And it's just such an amazing, fun find. And it's just, again, the quality is getting better, but it's just, I love it when guys just decide to go out and rim and do something that no one thought was possible. And he's kind of a guy I've been following here for the last four or five weeks. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Nice. I'm going to check him out. And Richard, for you and any future Star of the Doubts guest, when you're ever in doubt about that question, you could always say, come on, Z Constable. Said in great humility. Is that humble? I was going to ask you. Is that humble? Yeah, that that was being a quality guest host leader (laughs) right there. Richard, (laughs) what is the best place for everybody to connect with you and, and see what you're up to? Yeah, you know, there's two places really from a website perspective. It's, you know, you can always go to doseofleadership.com. You can find all the interviews that I've had. I'm coming up on 200 interviews that I've done over the last 20 months. And you can certainly find me at richardryerson.com. You can listen to the Courageous Podcast there. You can read some of my writings on both of them. I have all of my writings and posts about leadership there. You can connect with me if you're interested in having me come as a speaker or if you need someone to do group coaching. I mean, those are my two favorite things I like to do, but I also do individual one-on-one coaching, executive coaching. Like I said, I'm working about with six clients right now on, on the executive coaching front, but I'm always looking to come to a business and do some keynotes or seminars or workshops. That's what I absolutely love to do. That's my favorite thing to do. And so, and you can get me on Twitter too, at, at Dose of Leader. And then of course on Facebook, you can find me there on Dose of Leadership page as well there. And I'd love to hear from people. So uh, do you have any final thoughts for us or the listeners? No, I just would say, I mean, come on, I've never met you. You know, it's interested to learn more about you. I'm going to check out your website, but I got to tell you to Joshua, you know, we talked about a month or so ago and, and uh, amazing stuff. I know we didn't get into a lot of your stuff, but I think Josh is doing some amazing stuff, some amazing work on the leadership front, especially with the youth. And so I, I want to put a plug out to you, Joshua, and for being, again, such a great connection we had on our show. I look forward to, to working with you in the future and collaborating with you on something. I don't know what it is. And Jared, of course, uh, you're my hero too for uh, all the stuff you do in the podcasting world, the entrepreneurship field. And a lot of people don't know this behind the scenes. You're always there if I got a quick question or any words of advice and uh, you're doing so many great things too. So uh, I appreciate what everybody on this show is doing. Hey, Richard, best wishes to you and your family and the Becoming a Leader course. Of course, we'll link to that to the show notes. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for being on the show. And also to you, Joshua and Kamanzi. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jared, for having me. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thank you all. It's an absolute pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you. how much the Marine Corps taught me about leadership from that point on, because I didn't realize how much of that culture was infused in me until I was out in the business world. And I started seeing a lot of, you know, lack of common sense leadership 